comes McDavid, charging down the ice. He's got a step. He's in. Backhand. Score. A beauty. And Connor McDavid on fire early. And Mike Smith are going to go. And center ice. Talbot and Smith. Hooping on both sides of this battle of Alberta. This is unbelievable. This one year, one and a half year here. Uh, get me more confidence. For sure, I'm stronger and faster, and I feel like I'm growing up for person and player a lot. Feels like I'm like ready to get the new step for the NHL. Now McDavid across the joint scores 100 points for Leon. Uh, we could learn from what we went through, and everyone's pissed off about it. I think that's the best way to, to describe it. But there's a taste in everyone's mouth that's very, um, you know, that no one likes. We need to find a way to, to not have that taste. And, and we've had it four out of five years here. So we know we need to be better. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Oilers podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260, the two guys in a goalie podcast. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Oilers and give us a follow at Locked On Pod. Locked On Oilers podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. On today's show, we'll be joined by Chris Faber from the Canucks Conversation podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Faber39 as uh, we'll get a beat on the Vancouver Canucks. They scrimmage last last night and we'll talk about a, a young player there uh, turning some heads and Niels Huglander. We'll, we'll talk Nate Schmidt and their goaltending as well. We'll also hear audio in the third segment from Slater Cuckoo and Dominic Cahoon got her first look at Cahoon today in the first scrimmage on day five of training camp. I'll give you a quick updates on that coming up here in uh, seconds from now. Just some news to get out of the way. The Boston Bruins named Patrice Bergeron as their new captain. No surprise there. I mean there was really no other choice there. <laughs> Patrice Bergeron's an absolute star. Uh, absolute uh, killer when it comes to being a leader and all that so no surprise there and the New Jersey Devils signed Sammy Vatnanen to a one-year deal worth two million dollars and the uh, yeah Ontario Toronto and Ottawa will be allowed to play their home games uh, in their cities there as, as they got the proper permissions and all that to go through with their season so some good news there as well as the pandemic is uh, hitting hard right now there in the uh, province of Ontario but let's get to the scrimmage today from the Edmonton Oilers we'll go through some lines here quickly uh, I, mean, it, I mean if you're on social media you probably saw them already but team white was with nuge mcdavid cassian first line second line ennis dreisaitl yamamoto and then it finished it off with negard playing with mcleod and patrick russell defensively was russell with barry player cuckoo with evan bouchard nemalainen and stanton and uh, in net it was koskinen backed up by forsberg team blue they had four lines so archibald turris and pluyarvi were line one followed by kara chase on benson your third line was quinn marodi cracknell and your fourth line was uh, Dominic Cahoon, Devin Shore, and Seth Griffith. Defensively, Nurse Bear, Jones with Larson, and Legison with Lenstrom Smith. Between the pipes, backed up by Skinner. I'll say this, I thought uh, I was only there for the first 20 minutes of the scrimmage because I had to come and do the two guys in the goalie podcast. But from what I saw, looking at it on paper, Team White, everybody was like, oh, it's a little unfair. But Team Blue took it to them, at least from what I saw. They were the better team in the first 15, for sure, because they were doing 15-minute periods. They got uh, a goal, the only goal in 
the opening period by Seth Griffiths on a great play by Dominic Cahoon. He, uh, you know what? I saw about three, four consecutive shifts from Dominic Cahoon. I was really impressed with. He gets in on the forecheck. He's slick. He moves the puck well. And like I said, on Griffiths' goal, it was one hell of a pass from circle to circle. It was absolutely fantastic. So obviously a good impression. Now, take everything I say with a grain of salt. It is a scrimmage. Uh, no one was terrible. No one was great. Well, outside of McDavid because he's always great. And he was uh, flying out there. He did one rush where he went almost end to end and uh, rang it off the post there. But after the first period, it was uh, Team Blue leading one nothing, And I thought they were the better team. And I was very happy to see Bear Nurse and then Larson Jones go up against the, the, the two big lines for the Edmonton Oilers. They did well. They fared well from what I saw. I like that. Get, get them used to playing against those elite guys. So good call there by Dave Tippett. Uh, guys that I did like, I like Tyler Benson I with Kyra and Chase on. They had a couple good shifts. He made a couple good plays. Just subtle little smart, skilled offensive plays. One behind the net where he, he found the open guy in the slot and, uh, you know, Koskinen made the save. But Tyler Benson, he's got the hands. Now, it, the issue's always been the foot speed. So we'll, we'll see if he's improved on that. From what I saw, he looked good. He was getting around nicely. I mean, he's not never going to be that guy that you're overly impressed by his skating. But again, he was making plays and making stuff happen. I also like Kyle Turris. I liked his leadership on the ice. A couple times on a face-off draw, he was talking to Jesse Pugliarvi. He was talking to Josh Archibald and making sure everybody knew what they were doing. And I like the communication. I think he's going to be such a great addition who can play in every situation. And not just that, the leadership. Like I said, I love seeing that, talking to the guys and, and, and making sure everybody's in the right spot and, and knows what they're doing out there. So Kyle Turris, from that standpoint, stood out for me. And like I said, Cahoon looked good. Uh, dry sidle line was was good. They generated a bit. Uh, McDavid, of course, uh, scored uh, two goals. Scored the OT winner as uh, Team White defeated Team Blue by a score of 3-2. McDavid with two. Joachim Nygaard with the other goal for Team White. Seth Griffith and JP, who tied it late, got the goals for Team Blue. But again, no one really stood out in a bad way for me. But uh, Benson, Cahoon, Turris, kind of the guys that stood out. I was impressed with Nurse and Bear. They looked solid back there. So did Larson and Jones. Legison and Lenstrom had a few good shifts there in the offensive zone, keeping the puck in, making smart plays, getting the puck on net, and all of that. So again, the goaltending was good. 3-2 game. and <laughs> You give Dreisaitl and, and McDavid in overtime, uh, your chances are pretty slim. But it, again, uh, I, I must say this, though. Uh, yeah, it was fun to see the you know some 5-on-5 five five action again. And uh, just to point out, one of the power plays, Yamo jumped into that spot where Chason and Neil were. Don't read too much into it for now because Chason was just on the other team. And Dave Tippett did say that Neil is skating. Gaetan Haas is not, but don't expect either guy anytime soon. So that's going to lead us to our question of the day. Who is going to take that spot? Now, Chason's probably going to be there because he was there last year and in parts of the uh, two years ago, but he's he gets the job done there. He's successful at it. So I think he's going to be there, but you know, he's going to split time. He's not going to spend the whole, you know, minute and a half that the first unit does out there. Uh, so who's the other guy you would like to see given an opportunity in front of the net? We know it's going to be Barry, Nuge, Dreisaitl, and McDavid. Chase on, I'll slot him in for now, but if you could put another guy there, because we know Neil won't be ready for the start of the season, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Turris, like Dustin Nielsen said today on his show at 1260? That could be an option. Could it be Yamamoto, like we saw today at practice? How about a long shot, like Jesse Pugliar? How about Cahoon? How about Ennis? I mean, there's so many uh, options now. And then uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about the second power play unit. But for today, the question is, who would you like to see take that spot where Neil usually is? Don't say Chase on because I think he's going to split time there. Who's the other guy? Let me know on Twitter at HernanTheMan and at LockedOnOilers. I get some good responses. I'll read them tomorrow. But I'll give you my answer in the third segment because, again, I have to let this one uh, marinate a bit. And I got to think about this one. So, uh, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> and uh, we'll go from 
there. All right, but that was your day five update from the scrimmage. They go back at it tomorrow. I'll be there as well. I'll give you another quick update and, and see what's what's going on there and uh, who stands out and uh, who struggles and, and all that fun stuff. But coming up next, we're going to head to Vancouver and get a, get a sense of what's going on in Canucks camp there as we'll be joined by Chris Faber from the Canucks Conversation podcast that's coming up next here on the Locked On Oilers podcast with Hernan Salas. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. NHL is just around the corner, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're back here on the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host, Fernand Salas, and I'm pleased to welcome in from the Canucks Conversation podcast, Chris Faber. You can find him on Twitter at ChrisFaber39. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Coming fresh off of watching a good little inter-squad game last night at Rogers Arena between the Canucks and the Canucks. Uh, so that's a perfect matchup for me as a Canucks guy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Today we watched the uh, Oilers scrimmage for the first time, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fun to see to see a scrimmage instead of just drills and all that. But uh, interesting off season for the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, I think almost every Canadian team had an interesting uh, off season. But I want to start between the pipes here. You guys brought in uh, Braden Holpe to split time there with Thatcher Demko, who was fantastic in the playoffs and in, in those in those two games before being eliminated. Uh, Markstrom moves on to Calgary. Where do you stand here when it comes to the goaltending in Vancouver? Is this Braden Holpe's net to run with or do you is this going to be as close as you can get to an even split yeah i really think it could it could really go either way i mean thatcher demko could play similar to how he did in the playoffs and then you just kind of have to play that guy for more starts but i think that would be a shocking thing to happen for the vancouver canucks i don't think that thatcher demko at his age and what what he's done i mean the most nhl games he's played in a season is 27 and that was last year um i think he's ready to take that step towards being a starter but i really think that having Braden holby there I know they paid a decent amount of money for him and we might end up losing him in the expansion draft anyways, but having Braden Holpe there to, to make things a little bit easier when stuff gets hard on Thatcher Demko, I think it's a great addition. And they're definitely losing a lot in Jacob Markstrom. I mean, this guy's been the team MVP for the last two yeah. seasons for the Vancouver Canucks. He's going to be an absolute horse up there in Calgary, but at the same time, it was Thatcher Demko's time and there was going to be a tough decision to be made if they were to re-sign Jacob Markstrom because you would have had to choose, or you want to roll with the 31-year-old at the expansion draft, or do you want to try this 25-year-old mm-hmm. at your demo? So it looked like they got ahead of the problem, which is uh, actually something that Vancouver Canucks don't do often. So uh, it was good to see them uh, make a move and kind of go with the young fella. You look at the forward group, the top six is mostly still intact from uh, last season. Uh, Tyler Toffoli moved on to Montreal. One name that's coming up a lot, and uh, I know we talked off air briefly, but uh, Niels Huglander here making a name for himself. And uh, I know you said, hell, this guy might not just make the team. He might be in the top six. Uh, What can you tell us about uh, Niels Huglander? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun ride for me and Nils Hugland ever since the day he got drafted I uh, <laughs> I still remember him scoring those uh, lacrosse goals before his draft I yeah. think he scored three different lacrosse goals in the SHL which is believable um, and then I think just before he comes over he scores another highlight goal going through his legs in the slot uh, there was a lot of hype about this kid and, and I've seen every single SHL game that he's played in this season all 23 or 24 of them and I, I've been blown away with what he's been able to do at the NHL rink. I'm wondering if it's something to do with the more narrow rink that we have here in North America, but this kid is flying around the ice. Like his edge work is incredible. There was a, a play last night in the scrimmage where he made a spin move and then he passed it to Quinn Hughes who made a spin move. And you looked at both and you're like, like Quinn Hughes is, is quick. This guy knows how to do a spin move. Yeah. 
it looked like he was in slow motion after seeing what Huglander did with his spin move. And everyone in the stands the whole time was was just thinking, wow, like this might be the best player on the ice for the Vancouver Canucks in the scrimmage. And I think that shocked a lot of people because he was playing in a third-line role over in Sweden. He wasn't in the top six over there. Uh, now he's coming over to North America, and it just seems to be a great fit so far with Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson. And a lot of people thought that Jake Rattanen was going to be that guy to step in there. And I wondered if, if Travis Green was maybe challenging Jake Rattanen a little bit, saying, you know, I'm giving this 20-year-old kid yeah. who hasn't sniffed the NHL a shot. Maybe that was a challenge thrown at Jake Rattanen, but he's, he's taken that shot, Niels Huglander has, and he has absolutely run with it. He's been one of the best Canucks players at camp. Um, and if he steps in and plays – in the NHL on that top six, that's a huge thing to ask, right? I mean, there's a big difference between looking good in a scrimmage and looking good in drills and then looking good at an NHL level in an actual regular season game. So there's there's still a lot to be questioned about Niels Hoglander, but everything that he's done so far points to him being in the Canucks top six on opening night. Joined by Chris Faber here from the Canucks Conversation podcast. Uh, Chris, I mean, only in Canada we talk about the bottom six and fourth lines and all that. That's how much we love <laughs> hockey. But I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. And now it's not set in stone right now for the Vancouver Canucks. But any concerns when you look at their bottom six right now? Yeah, from what we've seen at camp so far, it just seems like the Canucks have three fourth lines and they're kind of just like battling for who might get the, the, fourth, <laughs> the actual third line opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, that's been a problem for the Canucks. We saw it in the playoffs. There was no contribution on the mm-hmm. offensive zone by the bottom six. You want to get a guy like Adam Gaudet, who just signed a one-year show-me deal with the Canucks. You want to get his offensive game going, 12 goals, 33 points last year. He's effective on the second power play unit, but it's almost like they don't really have enough support staff for the wingers for him that are going to bring offense and help him do that at 5-on-5. Five five. So you're seeing a guy like Antoine Roussel play with Adam Gaudet. You're seeing potentially a Zach McEwen or a Tyler Mott, some of these real bottom six guys like having to play with a third line. And I think that's been a big problem for for the Canucks. And, and you, to be honest, your Oilers as well, trying to get a third line that can yeah. actually contribute. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a thing that we both dealt with for a while. And I think that it's a struggle because like some coaches want to have their bottom six just able to control the goal share. I mean, that's why we see Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle used in the bottom six so much. But at the same time, the way the NHL is evolving, like, you need that third line to put up goals. Look at the teams that win Stanley Cups. They always have a third line that helps them along that playoff run. Um, and the Canucks have the potential with that with a guy like Adam Gaudet. They just kind of need to surround him with some wingers that can support his game and make his offensive game kind of shine and get to its full potential. And we're not really seeing that right now. We're seeing penalty killers in the bottom six and power play guys in the top six. So... I think that's going to be a lot of what we see in the regular season, too. Heading over to the defense, I mean, the Vancouver Canucks have an absolute stud in Quinn Hughes. Uh, we love this guy here in Edmonton, uh, you know, watching him play. He's so smooth. He does it all. And not an overly big guy, but uh, big fans of Quinn Hughes here. Uh, the addition of Nate Schmidt, do you like it? And is it an upgrade on on Tanev? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. uh, I think Travis Hamannick's an upgrade on Chris Tanev. Um, <laughs> I think that both of these guys that we've yeah. added, um, to, to look at what the Canucks defense core was last year, uh, and then to see what they've moved into this year, it's it's a very different group. And that's something that Jim Benning, uh, general manager Jim Benning, has wanted to address for the past few years. And and finally pulled off a little bit of a move there to get Nate Schmidt. I mean, trading a third-round pick for him and just seeing what he's been able to do so far in scrimmages. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying Joe Suglander was the best player on the ice uh, last night for the scrimmage. I thought Nate Schmidt was. I think that the thing that he's going to bring to the Canucks is, like, there was a time last year where – Offense was really only being generated when Quinn Hughes was a defenseman on the ice, right? Like there was times yeah. where the Canucks were in. He saw that in the Vegas series so much. The only time they could break out was when Quinn Hughes was on the ice. Um, I think if you're going to put Nate Schmidt on the second pairing, 
probably with Alex Edler is what it's going to look like since Schmidt's going to hop over to the right side where he's been more comfortable in his career. I really like the idea of him being able to move the puck for that second group. And, you know, the third pairing still going to have questions on it for sure. I feel like every NHL team does kind of have that with their third pairing. Uh, but just the fact that you can trot out those guys for 40 plus minutes every night, I'm pretty happy with what they've done to the defense core so far. You know, it's interesting, this Vancouver team, and it's hard to gauge this this North uh, Canadian division and all that. And uh, Ray Ferraro was on local radio here in Edmonton today, and he's, he thinks Vancouver is going to take a step back. And there's an article from a, another Canadian affiliate where they're asking questions for every Canadian team, and they also asked, will Vancouver actually take a step back? What do you? Th- where's, what's your take on that question? Yeah, I see, and, and I'm sure a lot of people share the same idea with the North division, but like what's going to be like with injuries and how these guys is going to be, how this, how this shapes out. I mean, this is, this is a division where really anybody can go first and anybody can go fifth. Yeah. Like I, I hate that question. I've done a couple of interviews on podcasts and people have been like, Oh, can you rank the Canadian division for me? I'm like, it's no, hard. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. it's very hard. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I think a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, what teams get off to a great start and what teams stay the healthiest. And I think that the Canucks have an opportunity with these young players who are getting better every year. I mean, Elias Pettersson coming into his 22-year-old season, Quinn Hughes as a 21-year-old. A lot of people said this team's going to take a step back with the loss of Toffoli and the loss of Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom, of course. And, you know, I definitely think there are some losses when you look at goaltending. I don't think it's going to be as great as it was last year with Jacob Markstrom, but the potential is still there for it to be at the same level. And I think that's what the Canucks fans are looking at right now is at least the potential is there to be as good, if not better, in a lot of different situations of the ice. Like maybe the defense isn't as good, but I think that's the one that we can kind of lock in as the one that's improved. Mm -hmm. The forward top six definitely takes a step back with Toffoli. I mean, this guy was the perfect fit for what they were doing on that first power play. And he was a guy who went right behind the net. That's what the Canucks needed. They have Elias Pettersson with the big shot. They have JT Miller with the big shot. Brock Besser with the big shot. They needed a passer behind the net. And they found that with Tyler Toffoli. So that was definitely a big loss, especially for the money that he went to uh, in Montreal. And I think a similar situation, uh, similar situation with Troy Stetcher, who signs for peanuts down in Detroit. Um, And then I think before they brought in Hamnick, there was a lot of questions on if we were going to see two rookies on a third pairing. Um, But Hamnick kind of shores up that a little bit as the third pairing guy. And yeah, a step back is a possibility, but I also think that the potential is there for them to be a better team. Um, and to see what they did last year in the playoff run, like if they can bring any of that energy in the same way that they played knocking off the former Stanley Cup champions in the St. Louis Blues, I, I do think that there's a chance for them to run up this division. But there's really a chance for everyone, man. Like injuries is going to be the big thing for me as we go through this whole season pretty much in the NHL. Just a few more for you here, Chris. Uh, but first, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Chris, biggest X factor for the Vancouver Canucks this season? I think it's going to be how much better can Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes be? I think that we've seen them, you know, put up decent numbers. Patterson's been a point per game guy. What if he gets to, you know, 1.25 points per game? What if he's putting up 70 points in a 56 game season? What happens if that lotto line does become one of the best lines in the NHL? What happens if Quinn Hughes plays with Tyler Myers and the offensive explosion just comes out from those guys? Like there's potential for a lot of these things to happen. But I really think this team's heartbeat runs through Elias Pettersson and yeah. Quinn Hughes. And to get back to the point that I just made with the last question, injuries are going to be a major key. Yeah. You know, like these two guys aren't the biggest bodies. 
but they're you know they're strong for their size and they've definitely developed in the NHL and haven't really had injury problems. Both of those two players missing just one game last year apiece. So I think that a lot of this team, the heartbeat runs through Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. So that's going to be, be the X factor for me. And uh, you already told me you hate this question, so I'll, I'll flip the question, kind of work <laughs> around it. Uh, are the Vancouver Canucks a playoff team come this season? Yeah, I think I think they are. I think that they've they've got that. If if Niels Huglander sticks and is actually a top six player already, that mm-hmm. really makes a lineup a lot better. I think that a lot of these. Um, articles that we've seen over the past couple of weeks also hasn't really included having a Travis Hamannick come in and sure up your third pairing. I mean, yeah. he's a guy who's played plus minutes every year in his career. I know he's on the decline. We're not going to get, you know, Islanders version of Hamannick. And I'm sure you've seen him make a lot of flood plays against guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, But at the same time, I really think he sear- like secures it up and, and is a big upgrade for Jordy Ben. So I, I do see the Canucks being one of those, you know, anywhere in one, two, three or four, honestly, like, I know a lot of people have Toronto at number one um, yeah. in their rank to this Canadian division. I just, I don't see it that way. I mean, I think that there's a reason why the Toronto Maple Leafs fail in the playoffs so much. And it's because of these teams that can game plan around the way that that team's offense operates. And I think that the way that this season's going to go with a baseball format schedule, like teams are going to be able to adjust to the Maple Leafs every night. It's not like the Maple Leafs come into town once every month and it's like, oh man, this offense shocked the hell yeah. out of me. Like, now you're going to be able to game plan for these guys. You're going to be able to see how they score goals on you. And I like I don't see the Maple Leafs finishing, for, finishing first overall. And I think everybody in Western Canada can agree that they like to hear that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But I'm with you, man. Like uh, here we on the radio, we talk about it all the time. Like who's going to be first? And no one can give a straight answer because no one really knows. I mean, two teams, two very good teams are going to be out of the playoffs, which is unfortunate. But uh, Chris, at least we're going to have hockey and it all gets going with your Canucks and our Edmonton Oilers next Wednesday and Thursday. Should be an absolute beauty. Uh, Chris Faber from the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Give it a listen. It's very popular. Uh, you can connect with Chris at on Twitter at Chris Faber. 39 Chris thank you for taking the time on this Thursday afternoon you join me here and all the best and I look forward to chatting in the future absolutely appreciate it man I've always been a big fan of uh, locked on Canucks here with Justin Morissette so it's great yeah. to jump on the show appreciate you having me on chain stores have different price here for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com once again a big shout out to chris faber from the canucks conversation podcast you can find him on twitter at chris faber 39 i love the passion jacked up about that scrimmage uh <laughs> in the uh yesterday evening which is uh, awesome i absolutely love the passion from canadian hockey fans and all hockey fans you don't have to be canadian but uh, yeah chris brought the good stuff there and i'm in- intrigued to see this hoglander play uh all reports out of vancouver is that he's uh, turning some heads for sure but let's get to some player audio here Slater Cuckoo and Dominic Cahoon joined uh, the Edmonton media today uh, via Zoom and we'll kick it off with Dominic Cahoon uh, you know just talking about good old number 97 Connor McDavid oh uh, you can it, it was the first time I actually like was on the ice with uh, with McDavid today and you can just see he's just flying over there uh, on the ice and yeah if you give him the puck he's almost gone every time so Slater Cuckoo of course played against Edmonton Oilers in the bubble playoffs uh, but uh, just wanted to get his impressions on uh, Connor as well. Here's uh, Slater Cuckoo on McDavid. Uh, I learned how dangerous they can be. Uh, you know, 97 can just fly out 
there. Uh, we were talking about him today in the scrimmage that it's it's literally like having a cheat code on your team where um, you know you just trying to get him the puck as quick as you can and and allow him to do his thing. It's it's pretty special watch and uh, honored to be on his team. Sticking with Slater Cuckoo, he was asked by the Edmonton media, uh, you know, what is he expecting from this season? Uh, I really liked what I've saw so far. I think. Um, you know, getting to see them in the play-in round last year, it was uh, a team with a lot of potential and a team with, you know, obviously some big, uh, big stars as well as some, you know, good supporting cast. So uh, I'm honored to join this team, uh, honored to be associated with the Edmonton Oilers and uh, everything they represent. And one last one here from Slater Cuckoo. We'll hear a few more clips from Dominic Cahoon. Now, what is he expecting his role to be this year with the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, I see myself bringing a little bit of uh, veteran leadership. Uh, I've been in the league a few years now and, um, you know, seen some things. And uh, so I hope to bring that. I hope to, on the ice, bring a little bit of uh, shutdown mentality, um, you know, some good skating and, and, you know, try and keep up with those big guys up front. That was Slater Cuckoo who's going to be in that fight for that 6-7 spot with, uh, I don't know, Caleb Jones or Chris Russell, whoever you think is uh, going to be the odd man out. But Slater Cuckoo, I think he's going to get in some games here. He looked good in the bubble playoffs. Good to have Slater Cuckoo here in Edmonton and uh, he, by all accounts, he seems excited. And again, he looks solid today in uh, in the scrimmage. Uh, more Dominic Cahoon and uh, he was asked his expectations for this season. Um, yeah, I'm just very excited to be here and um, finally I could uh, join the team on the ice, so I'm very excited excited for a season looking forward for it well you know I just try try to work hard um, every day and uh, I think I'm a, a pretty good skater and I can make plays so I just I just try to do that and uh, help the other guys out one last one here he was an interesting question like uh, his thoughts you know from family and friends as well is he coming to the Edmonton Oilers or is he coming to Leon's team of course he is also a German and Leon Dreisaitl is uh, become big time in his home uh, home country as uh, the Hart Trophy winner the Art Ross Trophy winner and all that so here's Dominic Cahoon um, I would say both um, you know in Germany obviously uh, Leon um I got uh, the the sportsman of the year. So right now everyone is talking about Leon, and uh, so when I when I signed Edmonton, obviously everyone asked me about it. And but it's a little a little different, you know, between Leon and me because we we like live together, we play together for like five years. Uh, we lived in the same apartment together, so uh, we are very good friends. So if anybody always asks me about Leon, it's uh, it's just have to say because we're so close you know right that was Dominic Cahoon and Slater Cuckoo who joined the uh, Edmonton media earlier today we got a few clips from them there we'll keep uh, the audio going throughout the season as we near closer to opening night which goes next Wednesday Edmonton Oilers Vancouver Canucks 8 p.m. start and they go again on Thursday with a 7 o'clock start to answer the question of the day here it is once again who do you want to slot in there in front of the network James Neal Alex Chase on play who would you have there tourists Yamamoto, Ennis, Cahoon, Jesse Pugliarvi, Archibald. Who is your pick? I'm going to give you mine, and I'm going to say Yamamoto. I just like him. He's good at retrieving pucks. He's a little uh, spark plug out there. He battles well along the boards and all that, and I can see him in front of the net become a little bit of a pest. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but uh, when you have the playmakers like you do on the Oilers power play, he just needs to, you know, muck it up and, and, and get in the goalie's face when he can. I mean, a lot of the goalies are uh, extremely tall now, but I, I'd give the first look to Yamamoto. Yamamoto chase on 
on you know especially with neil out now so uh my answer is yamamoto let me know yours all right question of the day here on the locked on oilers podcast hey after you download uh the locked on oilers podcast make sure to check out the nhl season preview this week on the locked on nhl podcast get ready for the start of the regular season with sarah avampato and the locked on nhl season series preview of all 31 nhl teams division by division and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues courtesy of locked on fantasy hockey host scott collins subscribe to locked on nhl wherever you get your podcasts all right that's gonna wrap up this thursday edition it's been a busy day a lot of podcasts uh, and i appreciate all the support like always for the thursday edition of the locked on oilers podcast i'm hernan the man talking los petroleros hey it's almost the weekend have a good thursday we'll chat tomorrow Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.